Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast channel that puts members on mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Featured in this session, exploring the possibilities of blockchain, is Lisa Stanley, CEO of Oscar. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Emerging Trends Learning Theater. My name is Frederica Barber. Uh, I'm with the Mohawk Group, and I'm uh, pleased to announce our three speakers today. Our first speaker is Lisa Stanley, CEO of Oscar. And as an organization, Oscar is um, committed to providing the tools to transform the way digital information drive the real estate business. And Lisa is going to talk to you about uh, the block possibilities with blockchain. Thank you. Wow, this is a, a big crowd. Can you all hear me okay? I'll hold it close. Our sponsor today is the Mohawk Group. Um, in terms of emergency exits, they're around the perimeter. And we're here to talk about blockchain. Now, before we do that, let me just do a, a short explanation of what Oscar International is. How many of you are aware of Oscar International? Okay, a few of you. We're a member-based organization that's focused on the development and the implementation of real estate standards from space classification, space management, lease abstract, occupancy standards. And you say, what does that have to do with blockchain? It is everything to do with blockchain because as an organization, how are you going to prepare for blockchain and the other emerging technologies out there? If you don't have an effective data governance program in place, right? We're hearing a lot about data governance at this conference. And the data governance program that you have needs to have a framework that's built on standards. So it's kind of a long way around to take a look at something that has been near and dear to the hearts of the people that have been involved in Oscar as volunteers and corporate sponsors for the last 15 years. And finally, finally, the day has come. I really like this visual because for those of you that are perhaps somewhere near my age or a little younger, you may have remembered Tinker Toys. A blockchain graphic to me is an awful lot like Tinker Toys. You had the round nodes that were wood, right? With the long spindles that went between them. And blockchain enables a variety of organizations and the people within them to communicate in a way that's really a whole lot easier than what a lot of people expect. It's a distributed digital database. And there are those that will argue is it a ledger or is it a database? If you're talking about financial information, the debits and credits that may be exchanged, then oftentimes people will talk about it as a ledger. But it is a collection of information and the changes occur in plain view of all of the participants. What that means is if you want to make a change, an addition or a deletion, it occurs in the plain view of everybody that is participating in that blockchain. It's immutable. It lives as a permanent record of activities between parties. And it's decentralized. And this is where things get a little interesting. It doesn't sit on any one company's private server. So how do you prepare for a blockchain-focused world? It starts with the data. Increasingly, I'm convinced that data is a four-letter word 
for a reason. It's the data that drives your business decisions at the top level and at every level in between. So I put together an acronym, are you able? And the A is for alignment. Can you collaborate with others within your organization and in the industry in a manner that's productive, that enables the industry as well as your company to move forward in this emerging technology world? Anybody want to guess how many emerging technologies there are out there right now that are being tracked beyond blockchain? Gartner says over 2,000. That's an awful lot of technology, isn't it? And the B is be willing to take a hard and sometimes painful look at the data that drives your business today. Building in data governance and change management skills today because it's not going to go away. And for those that say blockchain is coming, I challenge you to say blockchain is here. And we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the industries that are, quite frankly, further along than real estate as it relates to this technology. And learn as much as you can about blockchain capabilities. Explore how you can utilize blockchain in your business activities. And that conversation really is higher than blockchain. As you look at these emerging technologies, you've got to get a better handle on the data that drives your business decisions to determine which of these emerging technologies is going to be the most beneficial for your organization. So the distributed digital database has been embraced by the fintech world, by the insurance world, in healthcare, supply chain, and I deliberately put real estate at the bottom of that list. Um, later today, there's a session on blockchain where a representative from Deloitte will be on a panel and a representative from Ambisafe, a company that actually does initial coin offerings, and me and we're going to be talking about blockchain. Deloitte right now has over 800 people currently in their blockchain technology consulting group. Not specific to real estate, so if you think it's coming, it's here. Transparency, one of the biggest benefits of this particular technology is the transparency that you're able to implement. Now, why is that important? Who likes transparency? Regulators? Stockholders? People in the C-suite? Absolutely. It reduces manual processes I was just in a panel discussion upstairs on data governance, and the consensus of the group of the panel members was that somewhere around 50% of the people in this wonderful world we call corporate real estate use Excel spreadsheets solely for their data governance. No, is there anything wrong with an Excel spreadsheet? No, but if that's the only method that you're using to collect and analyze data, maybe, just maybe, it might not be as effective as you think. Higher security. Here, here is one of the things that really has appeal for those that are concerned about security. There's no single failure point, and it uses cryptography, meaning the information as it's transferred between the participants cannot be readily accessed. There are folks that will say blockchain cannot be hacked. I don't ever like to say that because I think that provides incentive for folks to find a way to hack it and improve data governance. Again, it, it's really three steps. Standards-based information, effective data governance, 
in order to implement blockchain technology. So the most recognized form of blockchain in terms of a platform is Bitcoin. How many people here have heard about Bitcoin? How many people think Bitcoin and blockchain are one and the same thing? I feel so much better. Right now, there are literally thousands of blockchain applications implemented, and probably by the time we finish this conference, even more will have started. Ethereum is one of the most recognized because it combines the cryptocurrency aspect with a smart contract. Abra is a smart wallet. BitNation is interesting. It's a digital ID that has been used. Um, probably one of the biggest applications has been in the relocation of Syrian refugees into Western Europe to provide them uh, the ID necessary to kind of, I guess, uh, re regenerate their interaction in society. So there have been quite a few of them. Deloitte, as I said, has over 800 people in 23 industry sectors. Um, I talked with Kevin, the person that will be co-presenting with me, and I said, Kevin, I'm going to jump out on a limb and say of those 23 industry sectors, I'm going to guess industry is probably not the biggest one, is it? And his response was what? Not yet. Not yet. Cognizant and their Center for the Future of Work, that's a really good resource. Um, you might want to jot down the, the website, cognizant.com uh, backslash blockchain. The two gentlemen that run that research center have come from the world of Forrester and Gartner. And they devote a tremendous amount of financial resources, technical know-how, and um, just their perspective in collecting information in a way that really compels you to think about it. And uh, there'll be some information here today, but also uh, if you have an opportunity to attend the panel this afternoon, some statistics that you might find interesting as well. How many of you have heard of R3 collaboration? One of my friends back there, uh, who happens to be the, the chairman of Oscar, David Karpook, here, here's kind of, if you don't remember anything else that I talk about today, this is something that should cause you to pause and think about rethinking how quickly blockchain is being implemented. R3 was a collaboration that was formed a little over two years ago in the fintech space. The initial meeting was convened by seven of the major financial institutions with a global footprint. They now number more than 80. And that's all I'm going to say on this slide. The next one's where it gets really interesting. B3I is also a collaboration by the insurance and reinsurance industry. Um, in February, they sent out a press release that they had 15 members. As of two weeks ago, they have more than 40. B3I was born in Europe and encompasses representatives, the major insurance uh, players in North America, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa. You see where this is headed? Those are industries that work very, very closely with real estate, don't they? So for those of you that are sitting there individually in collaboration with your coworkers that say, let's just sit back and wait and see what happens. This is why you don't want to wait and see what happens. 
R3 is a membership organization of banks with a global footprint. Okay. They now number more than 80. The second bullet's really what's interesting. When they formed this collaboration, they committed to contributing a minimum of $250,000 per firm per year. They're focused on initial project, the buy and sell side of investments. Why? Because their concern was when you look at Bitcoin and what they call blockchain inspired platforms, that typically when you had a transfer of an investment, regardless of what that investment was, the settlement period could be several days, depending on where it originated in the world, right? Banks use that float. So if you look at a blockchain platform and the float period was several days and it's now reduced to mere minutes, there's certainly the risk of being marginalized in a big way and losing a revenue stream, right? So they decided, you know what? We don't really like each other a whole lot, but we're going to collaborate. We're going to put together this project. We're going to build the base of the tech stack. And when we're finished, we're going to release it to the Hyperledger project which is funded by the Linux Foundation, and everything that comes through Hyperledger is released as open source. So the likelihood that there will be broader implementation of that platform and acceptance in the marketplace kind of shoots up, right? I said that they started this collaboration about two years ago. Anybody want to guess how long it took to build the base of the tech stack called Corda? Less than a year. After they built the base of the tech stack, and that was the stated purpose, just the base, they decided they would build out the subsequent layers of the tech stack as well. So the Corda project became the Corda platform. And the Corda platform is now being introduced for applications outside of the FinTech world. You can call that a disruption. You can call it a transformational change or you can call it a whack on the side of the head. But the reality is, that's a huge shift, and it's very much under the radar. I, I challenge you to do a Google search for R3 collaboration or the Corda project. You'll find that there are many more postings recently than what there were just a year ago, but this is a decidedly under the radar project that has made tremendous progress in ways that I don't think even they probably imagined. They did recruit some of the senior technical people that worked on this project from IBM. They're based in London. There's a tremendous number of staff um, housed in Midtown Manhattan in Class A office space. And I will tell you that when you look at that approach, they're not going away. They're going to continue to expand. And interestingly, if you think about it, this group of financial whiz kids, as it relates to technology, they're going to compete with the very people that have been their vendors. That is reason number 920 why your organizations need to look at not just learning more about blockchain, but further exploring how that's going to implement, be implemented in your business. So, Cord is now fully operational. 
transactions have been validated by parties. Some of the transactions that have occurred include transfers of cars from manufacturers to dealers, transfers of commodities that happened from uh, Texas to China, and a variety of other transactions as well. Now, they've also completed 50, better than 50 now, pilot projects. The average time frame for them to complete a pilot project is eight to 12 weeks. I don't know about you, but that certainly caused me to nod my head this way and then say, oh my goodness, where do we go from here? So let's talk a little bit about Cognizant Center for the Future of Work while you process R3. There's no question that information is the new currency. Information is now intellectual property and capital within organizations. The economy is digital and it's the channel that makes money. The survey that they did of 2,000 companies had a combined revenue of $7.3 trillion. So these obviously were not small startups. These are the major players across the globe. The executives surveyed expect the revenue impact of digital to more than double by next year in a three-year three time frame. By the numbers, that's 11.4% of total revenue an estimated $770 billion per year, with a B. Now here's the statistic that I think is most telling. In 2020, three years from now, those 200 respondent companies expect to spend, spend nearly $1.5 trillion on digital transformation. So we talked about revenue, $770 billion, spend side, 1.5 trillion. So what do you learn from that? Go big, go digital, or go home? Probably. There's an extraordinary penalty for laggards. The laggards are the people that say, let's wait and see what happens in a world that's transforming right before our eyes. <laughs> Leaders are the ones that will absolutely, unequivocally gain competitive edge in the marketplace. There's no question about that. There's a need for more specialists than generalists. The survey, in terms of their response for what the number one skill set, or skill I should say, to stay relevant is analytical thinking. 21% said that's the most valued skill for the people that are needed in the workforce today and in the future. And their greatest digital concern, absolutely no surprise, is security. One of the most important things to do today is to conduct a digital audit, move through the company, examining process by process. So what's this whole blockchain thing mean in the grand scheme of things? It's absolutely a new way of doing business. It's the click your heels, Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. These distributed digital databases are absolutely going to drive individual organizations in this industry called real estate in the future. It's standards-based. As our organization, I have to tell you that we're thrilled to know that the market finally caught up to the conversations that we've had internally and with our member organizations for the last 15 years. Blockchain enables you to manage a variety of transactions. We're looking as an organization now at an initiative 
that's identifying use cases that will move to proof of concepts and pilot projects. And the direction that I think we're going right now is the two that have been clearly identified from a consensus perspective of the people that will be participating are looking at space and looking at leases. I expect we'll have three projects going forward. Asset transfers, leases and sales, periodic payments, one-time payments, um, all of those types of things can be tracked a lot more effectively using blockchain than sadly those Excel spreadsheets that we've all come to love. The single source of truth approach is a defining moment as you look at the data that drives your organization. It's the truth versus trust. How many of you work with information and you say, you know what, I have an 80% confidence level with this information, which quite frankly is probably high. In the single source of truth approach, that information is uniform, horizontally and vertically within your organization, and is the same information, regardless of geography, that you share with your business partners. That's a huge shift, a huge shift. It eliminates multiple platforms. Those are the multiple platforms that don't communicate with each other, nor do the people, frankly, that manage those platforms communicate with each other. And ultimately, it reduces cost. It gets the information in your hands much more quickly, much more effectively, much more accurately, with a higher level of transparency. Oscar's blockchain initiative right now, as I said, is in the use case development um, portion of what we found was a very compelling reason to move forward beyond the let's wait and see what happens. And collaborations, if you want to find out more um, about this project, you can jot down the, uh, the website address there or just go to our website and, um, and do a search for blockchain. Collaborations ultimately are leading to implementations, and our goal is to have um, folks participate that are both end user, occupier, investors, and their business partners, because then it's much more likely to move from pilot project to implementation. There's a discussion for those of you that are interested in learning more about blockchain uh, this afternoon from 345 to 445 in room 303 uh, downstairs. And we will be talking about some of these topics in much more detail. And also, um, I just wanted to say thank you for your interest in looking, about, looking at some of these technologies and how they're going to impact not just the world today, um, but the world that we deal with in the future. Do we have any time for questions? Are we? Okay. So any questions from folks out there? A lot of information in a short period of time. I'm sorry I tried to cover as much as I could in 20 minutes. Yes? What made your transition from uh, real estate to blockchain or technology? Well, her question was, what made the transition from real estate to technology? I don't think you can really separate them. Is, you mean our organization? I, well, I, I come from a wide range of real estate activities. I think it's really looking at how we can get better at managing the asset called real estate as well as the expense called real estate within organizations. And I've always been kind of fascinated by the technology. Uh, I belong to a, um, an IT leadership group 
formed by Thornton May, and he, he challenged me actually to do a presentation. We meet periodically several times a year, and I said, hey, the guys from Cognizant are coming. Can they talk about their blockchain consulting group? And he said, why don't you talk about it? So that caused me to become a student of blockchain. And honestly, the more I find out about it, the more applications that there are that can really impact not just the real estate industry, but the world in general. So, so his question was, how can you use this technology with a lease? The first thing is creating the database called blockchain and the sharing of the information between the people that collect the information on the front line, the people that process the information within the organization, the uh, business partners or service providers, if you want to call them that, that you interact with and put it on a platform that everybody has access to in real time. Now, I don't know about you, but for most of the companies that we talk with, um, that doesn't happen too terribly often. So there's a lot of details in terms of how that works. Do you want to connect the smart contract with the payments? Do you want to just start with the leases themselves? Do you want to use a lease abstract and share that information across those lines? But ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter how complicated the conversation is in trying to wrap your head around what blockchain is, or some of these other emerging technologies, frankly. The, the real challenge is, one, let's develop a collaboration to work on this project. Let's make it something that we can do in a reasonable period of time that we can recognize the value from. And let's make sure that we've got the people sitting at the table that are really going to embrace it. Uh, regardless of what level you are in the organization, unless you're the CEO, you need a champion within the organization to help you move this project forward. I think we're out of time. Um, thanks for all of you that came today. Hopefully you've learned a little bit more and I encourage you to do some research on the, uh, the R3 collaboration and some of the other projects out there like B3I that really compel us, I think, as an industry to want to move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa Stanley. This concludes the Cornet Global Podcast on exploring the possibilities of blockchain. Want to record a What's Next podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.